139. We're going to dive right in today. And we're just going to be talking about the Lord some more today. I hope that's all right with you. Even if it wasn't, I already checked with him and it's okay with him. And so that's where we're going to be. Psalm 139, we were here last Sunday and we looked at the middle of the book. We looked at God as our creator and we looked at how he works in the midst of things and how he works um, in everything that goes on. We've got um, Matthew. You want to go outside? There's a couple standing out there with a phone and they're, I don't know what they're doing. So if you want to see what they're doing out there and see if they need some help, maybe they need to sign with a car or they're reporting us for having church today. And if they do that, come on in. That's fine. Who knows? They could just be going around reporting churches. What is? They have an issue. They're fine. Yeah, that's fine. They're just looking in here weird and uh, pulling out their phone. So, oh well. What? They haven't ever seen such a handsome pastor. Yeah, that glass can hide quite a bit. So, just how it goes. That's a good answer, there, babe. Um, Psalm one thirty nine. Last week, we looked at the middle of the chapter, and we saw how we're fearfully and wonderfully made. This psalm is very intimate between God and David. One of the greatest psalms, I believe, that David penned under inspiration of God is Psalm 139. If the Lord allows, next week, we're going to go from verse number 7 through verse number 13 and look at how God's presence is everywhere. Today, we're going to look at his omniscience and how he knows all things, our omniscient God. Don't let that big word scare you. It just means that God knows everything. When you get to a message about God knowing everything, there are a multitude of things that you could preach on on this subject. You could talk about how God knows what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day, how in 2020 God wasn't thrown off guard by everything that's taken place this year. Go down so many different roads. Today I want to take it more personal to each of us. I want you to see these verses and see what David said in these verses, and really you could apply yourself to these verses. We see Psalm 139, verse number one, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether." Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot obtain unto it. Go down to verse number 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with thee. Go down to verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Many years ago, little Johnny Sylvester was kicked in the head by a horse and doctors were fearful that he wouldn't make it. Johnny told his father, I wish I could see Babe Ruth hit a homer before I die. A telegram was sent to the New York Yankees in St. Louis where they were playing the Cardinals in the 1926 World Series. A few days later, Johnny received an autographed ball from the Yankees and the Cardinals, including one that Babe Ruth had inscribed these words, I'll hit a home run for you in Wednesday's game. 
He didn't quite tell the truth, Babe Ruth didn't, because he hit three home runs in that game. The doctors called the effect of the, bo- of the boy's condition a miracle, and he survived. Some months later, during spring training, an uncle of the boy approached Babe Ruth and thanked him profusely. Babe Ruth smiled and said, you're very welcome. As the uncle left, Babe Ruth turned to the reporter who were standing around him and said, who in the blankety-blank is Johnny Sylvester? Couldn't even remember the little boy a few months later. Aren't you glad you don't serve a God that forgets you? He doesn't. He knows you by name. He thinks about you. He loves you more than anybody could ever love you. Today I want to spend a little time about our all-knowing God which in our lives, that can be kind of scary just a little bit. But he knows everything. Several verses that I'll read from the Scriptures for you as we dive in today, but the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 2, verse number 3, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. 1 John 3, verse number 20, the Bible says, for if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. Psalm 147, verse number 5, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding, it's infinite. There's no limit to it. Proverbs 15, 3, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Friends, this morning, God knows everything. Past, present, future, He knows all of it. There's nothing that our God doesn't know. A while back, well, I've been, yesterday we did that thing at the park, and there were, a lot, there were policemen there riding their motorcycles and different things, and several of them know me. We've gotten to know each other some already as I'm going to be a chaplain for the police department. And um, one of the things that they do in order to be even a chaplain, a volunteer position like that, they dig into your background. Look at the first verse, verse number one of Psalm 139. It says, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. The word searched in Hebrew, it's to dig deep. It means that God knows everything about you. There's no secret about you that God doesn't know. For that position, they dig into my background. They find out I've ever been fired from a job, I've ever, all these different things. They talk to people from my childhood all the way up to today. They dig into all of that. They go to my social media sites, and they see what I post and all of that stuff. And I had one of them ask one of my siblings, uh, it looks like he's a strong Republican. Can he be all right to those who aren't, don't have the same views he has? Of course, that's fine, but they see all that. They're digging and finding anything they can. But you know something? As much, and I do a polygraph test. Something that's interesting about polygraph test. I got a sermon I'm going to be working on soon. The guy, I don't know if he's a Christian or not, but he said... The way that he, the way, it's, it's kind of scientific and all that, but the way you know when someone's lying is if their heart rate goes up or not when they say something. That's the gist of it. Because this way he said, it's not natural for the body to lie. Think about that for a second. We are, what are we made in the image of God, right? Why do we lie? Our sin nature but it goes against what we're supposed to do. That's why the body reacts the way it does when we have to think of a lie. That's a sermon right there, and I'm going to save it and use it someday. 
they ask you all sorts of questions. You know, do you view pornography? Do you do this? Have you ever had drugs? Do you smoke? Do you all do all this? Ask you all those questions. They dig into my past. They think they're learning a lot about me, and they are, but they'll never know everything about me. My wife, who's been married 14 years, she thinks she knows everything about me. And probably on this earth, there's not someone who knows me better than she does now. But she doesn't know every little thing about me. But God does. He knows everything about you. There's nothing hidden from him. So funny, there'll be people, and I've used this illustration so many times. When I first started pastoring yesterday, it was 10 years of being the pastor of Victory Baptist Church. One of the things that um, early in my pastoring, I'd never preached on alcohol or that I, that I feel that we shouldn't be drinking. I've preached that since, but at that time I didn't. And when I go to the grocery store, if I run into church people, a lot of times what I would do is I take my cart and bump into their cart. It's just, you know, just to, it startles them just a little bit, and that's just what I do. Well, this person got even more startled because they had some alcohol sitting in their cart. This is the thing. They like, they're like trying to block their cart, and they're almost like dancing in front of their cart, you know, <laughs> trying to keep it, you know, keep it hidden so I can't see. And it's like, does it really matter what I see? He already knows. That's when I visited someone that came to our church for the first time. Sometimes people like the pastor to visit, and sometimes they don't. I went to this one house, and this guy was a strong smoker. So how do you know? Because the house smells like it, right? You can just tell. And uh, when he come to church, you could smell it. And, you know, I never preached that you shouldn't smoke, and I never said a word about any of those things. I get to the door. He didn't look through his little hole thing there. He opened the door, and there was a cigarette in his hand. As fast as he could, he put it behind his back and tried to keep it hidden. There's a little smokestack coming up behind him, <laughs> and his shirt almost caught on fire. No, it didn't catch it on fire. But, and I've had so many people, what does pastor think of this? It doesn't matter what the pastor thinks. It matters what God does. Because he knows you. He knows it. And sometimes we look and, what's the pastor going to think if I do this? Don't worry about what the pastor thinks. Realize that God knows everything about you. Everything you do, the good and the bad. And thank God that he loves us in spite of everything he knows about us. I want you for a few minutes this morning, I want you to think with me for a minute. Think about love for a minute, Okay. I want you right now to think about a time in your life when you felt really loved. Maybe it's a moment with a parent, with a child, with a friend or a spouse, or maybe a time you truly felt loved by God. Whatever it was, I want you to think about that right now. Think about a moment where you felt truly loved by someone or God. Did everybody do it? Everybody nod your head. Everybody do it? All right, all right, so you've thought about that. Everyone's circumstances and things that happen are completely different than others, but there are at least two common things that show love and the complete love. The first one is this, the person knows us. They know your likes, they know things about you, you're known. Caroline and I, 14 years of marriage, I would say that we love each other more today than what we did the day we got married. 
When we got married, we felt that we knew love then. But what you know what real love is? When you get to know that someone doesn't push the toothpaste the same as you do. Or someone's more messy than you are. And I can't believe that she's more messy than me. It's amazing. It's picking up the clothes or the socks that don't quite go in the hamper where they're supposed to go. And loving in spite of it. But the two common things that all of our stories, when we think about someone who's loved us, we were known to them, first of all. They know you. And secondly, you were accepted. With all that they know about you, the one who loved you accepted you and loves you in spite of who you are. That is what God is. He's love. He knows us better than anybody will ever know you. And he accepts you. That's our God that we're going to talk about this morning. Three main points this morning will be done. Number one, as we get into it, God knows us completely. God knows us completely. We look back at these verses here, and we see, O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising, my understanding, my th- Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot obtain unto it. See, there are, it's a very personal, a lot of personal pronouns used here. Me. Plug yourself into this verse. God knows you completely this morning. David's saying here, God, you know me completely. You've made, you know my sin. You know everything about me, all my words, all my thoughts, all my actions. You know all those things. You know all of it, and you still love me. It's an amazing thought. It's amazing that God, who is perfection and holiness, can know how imperfect I am and still accept me. It's an amazing thought. God searches, verse number one tells us. As we dive in this morning and as we see here that God knows us completely, letter A, He knows what we do. He knows what we do. Say, like what? Look at verse two. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. God knows when you sit down and He knows when you stand up. He knows when you sit on the lazy boy recliner at the end of the day. And he knows when you're working in the yard. He knows everything that you do. That verse tells us there, you thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. There's nothing that God does not know. He knows that Maria just itched her eye back there. He knows that. He knew that. He knew that Erica was going to mess with her hair right now. He knows that. He knows all those things. You don't move without him knowing it. Think about that. The God of the universe, he knows. He knows that Dolly was going to be shaking her head in agreement with me right there. He knew some of you were going to fall asleep during this service. He knows those things. 
He knows what we do, every single thing, letter B. Think about this one, he knows what we think. Look at the rest of verse number two. Thou understandest my thought afar off. And that's amazing. He knows our thoughts. I can't figure out what my wife thinks. And no man ever has been able to figure out what his wife thinks. But God does know. God knows our thoughts afar. Even even when I don't even know what I'm trying to think, he knows what I'm thinking. That's powerful. It's also a little scary when you think about it. He knows all those thoughts, the good thoughts, the bad thoughts, the mediocre thoughts. He knows all of them. God knows everything you're thinking, and guess what? He still loves you. Jeremiah 17.10 tells us, I, the Lord, search the heart, I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways. God is good. He knows what we do. He knows what we think. Letter C, he knows where we go. Verse 3 says, Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. He knows everything. He knows when I stand up. He knows when I sit down. He knows my thoughts. He knows everywhere I go. He knows when I go to the store. He knows when I go to the places I shouldn't be going. He knows when I go to here or there. He knows all of it. He knows all of it. Praise God for that. He knows it. You know, no one does. I remember as a teenager, I snuck out of the house a couple of times. You say, Pastor, you snuck out of the house? Only really once. One time did it happen. You say, well, what did you do? It actually wasn't very bad, okay? Just hold on. I heard a preacher preach on the fact that he felt closer to God praying on the top of his house on the roof. So I thought, I was up late one night. I'm like, the stars are out. I'm going to go sit up on the roof and pray. I didn't go ask my, they were asleep. Why am I going to wake them up? I went into the garage. I'm probably 14, 15, somewhere in there. And I got the ladder out of the garage, climbed up on the roof, and I was praying on the roof. Or at least that's my story. But anyways, um, no, that's what I was doing. And I remember, I think when I got up on the roof, I kind of tripped a little, it was dark, and I tripped a little bit, and there was a thump. So a few minutes later, you hear yelling from the garage door, Brian! Where are you? I had to get down off the roof and go in. And my mom, she, she was misprotective. She's still misprotective. And she didn't know where I was. That never happens to God. When I was seven years old, we were traveling back from Chicago. My brother went to Bible college, same place I did, my older brother. He got married in 92. We were there. And on the way back, we flew into Denver. Denver is the second largest airport in the United States. And so my mom had this thing, you know, you had to use the restroom. You're a seven-year-old boy. If your dad wasn't going, you had to go in the restroom with your mom. And no seven-year-old boy wants to go into the girls' bathroom with their mom, okay? And I should, so my mom said, you can come, come with me. We're going. Well, I thought my brother, my oldest brother that was with us on the trip, I thought that he had went into the boys' room. So I followed him and left my mom. 25 minutes, I was lost in the Denver airport as a seven-year-old boy. My mom probably freaked out. I know she did. You say, did you, you could ask someone? I, I know I could ask someone for help, but I knew where I was going. I could figure it out. And I eventually figured it out. I found them. They didn't find me. But um, my mom didn't know where I was. She was in a panic. You know, that never happens to God. He knows everywhere you go, everything that happens in your life, you personally, 
That's our God. He's all-knowing. He knows when you get up. He knows when you sit down. He knows your thoughts. He knows where you go, letter D. He knows what we say. Think about that one. Look at verse number four. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. He knows every word that we say. It's funny, I'll have people in my office and they'll come for counsel. And I'll be sitting in there. And it'll just be like me sitting over here. And they're talking, they come, they want wise words from the pastor to help solve their problems in their life. And a lot of times as they're talking, I'm just sitting there thinking, I don't know what I'm going to say. I got nothing to say. Lord, I need something to say. Help me. And God already knows my words I'm going to say. And I don't even know my words I'm going to say. But also knows that he knows the bad words that some of us say. Gave an example a while back, and uh, I gave it last service, I believe, too. You know, a while back, Joe and I, what were we working on? Do you remember? That was the hike. Oh, when I fell, oh, when I fell and skinned my leg all up. I said, Stink. That's all I said. Joe was like, wow, I was expecting more than that. No, that's about it. I wonder if you were to skin your knee or just hit your thumb with a hammer, what words would come out? And this is, this is what people say. They're like, oh, and I've heard people be around me, Pastor, I would never say something like that. That just slipped out. But doesn't the Bible say that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh? So if those words are coming out just on accident, means those words are probably inside already. And God already knows those words are inside of you. So I would do a good job of trying to clean those words up for God just a little bit. Just a little bit, right? He knows what we say. It's an amazing thought. He knows all of it. He not only hears it, but he knows it. Before, we even, before you even open your mouth, he already knows what you're going to say. That's our God. Think about this one, letter E. He knows what we need, or he knows what we need. Look at verse 5. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. David uses some military, some war imagery for us. He knew about strategic battles, ambushes, and how to surround a city. And what David is saying here is that God literally was protecting him all the way around and taking care of everything that he needed. Think with me this morning, church. God knows everything. He knows when you stand up. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you go to bed. He knows when you go to work. He knows your thoughts. He knows all of those things. He cares about you specifically as an individual. David wasn't talking about this as a group of people together. This was him himself. And if God cared about David, he cares about you today. He knows you. He knows everything about you. He knows what we need. And what David says in verse number six is he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. He's like, wow, I can't believe that God knows all of this, and yet he accepts me. David's like, it's almost too much to take in. Because we all know ourselves. 
And there's a lot of stuff in each of us that we don't like. But he loves us and accepts us in spite of knowing all those mistakes. So thankful for that. And see this morning that God knows us completely. And think about this one. God thinks about us constantly. You're always on his mind. You are never out of God's mind. You hear so many people, I just want someone to love me. Do you realize that God loves you? He knows everything about you, and he constantly thinks about you. About you. You. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about you this morning. He thinks about you, verse number 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I am awake, I am still with thee. I hate the sand at the beach. I love the water. I love the waves. I hate sand. Anybody else agree you don't like sand? Smart people in the room. I, sand, sand had to be a curse from the Garden of Eden and sin because I don't think a perfect world would have had sand in it. Sand is awful, and it's even worse when you have kids and you take them and they get sand everywhere within five minutes of being at the beach. And by everywhere, I didn't even know sand could get in some of the places that sand gets. Sand serves really no purpose except it's hard to walk in and all these different, I don't like sand. The one thing I like about sand is every time I step in it, I just look down and I think about the fact that God thinks about me more than all the grains of sand that are on the ground. So if that's the only reason God put sand there, just to remind me of that, I can live with it. He thinks more thoughts about you than all the grain of sand. David says, how precious also are thy thoughts on me. That precious, that word comes for like a rare jewel. Special. It's like the fact that you think about me. I can't even fathom it. We think about that, and as we think about the Lord here, we see letter A, that God's thoughts are precious. David's overwhelmed as he contemplates the greatness of God. He doesn't understand how God could think about him all the time. Isn't that what people want? Isn't that in a marriage? Don't, how many of you want your spouse to never think about you? I think you say you want your spouse to think about you. And I think all of us like if someone were to call us or text us and say, hey, I was thinking about you and praying for you today. I think everyone enjoys that. It's just nice of someone to think about me or to do this special thing, whatever the case may be. God thinks about you constantly. He doesn't stop. We see God's thoughts are precious. Number two, or letter B, God's thoughts are numerous. They don't stop. If you're trying to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on all the beaches of the world. God's thoughts for us are innumerable, impossible to count, and impossible to understand this morning. That's our God. He thinks about you. And Caroline and I have mentioned us a few times. One of the things that she likes throughout my day, she likes being a part of my day. If I'm not around... I'll text her, let her know what's going on. We'll talk. 
It lets her know I'm thinking about her. She keeps me in the loop. We're thinking about one another. When you care about someone, you think about them. That's what God does. He thinks about each one of us all the time. It's powerful. You can't count the grains of sand. You could try, you're never going to be able to. That's how much God thinks about you. And then let her see God's thoughts are constant. You see what David says there at the end there, verse number six, when I am awake, I am still with thee. You know, it doesn't matter if you're sleeping or not. When you wake up, he's still thinking about you. He knows everything about you. And David says, even when I sleep, he keeps thinking. When I wake up, he's still right there. The Bible tells us in Psalm um, 121, verse 3 and 4, he will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that, keepeth it, he that keepeth thee will not slumber or sleep. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. He's always constantly there. David says, when I awake, I'm still with thee. It doesn't ever change. Which leads us to number three, and lastly this morning, that God searches us conclusively. God knows us completely and thinks of us constantly. Which leads to the final point this morning. God searches us conclusively. Look at the last two verses of Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Something that's interesting, do you notice how David mentioned, though, in verse number one, that God has already searched him? He's already done it. He knows everything about David. But we see that in the end of the chapter, we see that David's prayer is, God, you search me, you know me. God, I want you to tell me what I'm not doing right and help me fix it in my life. See, it's one thing for God to know. It's another thing for us to invite him to do it. I can tell my wife all day long that she can, whatever you want to know, I'm an open book, whatever you want. It's another thing for me to say here, look at my internet, look at my text messages, search it, see if there's something that I need to clean up. And she, does, she has the passwords to my phone, to my computer, all those things. If any of you ever get suspicious of me, you can go search my computer. You can have my phone too. I just have to delete any messages where I'm talking about you to someone else. That would be the only thing I got to take off of there. But we see that David, it's the thing, he realizes the fact, and that's what you got to understand. God knows everything about you this morning, everything. He already knows it all. And he still loves you and he still thinks about you and you're precious to him. I think sometimes we think if we let God in, he's going to be upset and he's never going to, and he's going to be mad at us and never want to help us. He already knows. And he still loves you and he still thinks about you. When's the last time you prayed as David did the end of the psalm here? Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me, test me, see how I'm doing with things. And if there's something you don't like, you have the right to tell me how to fix it. And I'm going to do my best to fix it. When's the last time you let God, told God that? 
God, you have the right. Please let me know. Search me. Go through all of me. Look at all my deep, dark secrets. The thoughts that I've had, all those things. Search me. Test me. Let me know what you find. And help me correct my steps so I can move forward. You've got to understand something. Once you realize that God loves you, we invite his investigation in our lives. We desire him to dig into the depths of us because we know that he loves us. Do you see how the progression through the chapter here? And that's so powerful to know. Don't be afraid to ask God to search you because he already knows you. He knows everything about you. And he still thinks about you. And he still loves you. He's all-knowing. What a God. Someone said it like this, I am never out of God's mind. There is no moment when his eye is off me or his attention is distracted from me. No moment when his care falters. There's tremendous relief in knowing that he loves, that his love to me is utterly realistic, based at every point on prior knowledge of the worst about me, so that no discovery now can disillusion him about me in the way I am so often delusioned by myself. Because he, because he knows us completely, thinks on us constantly, and searches us conclusively, you don't need to be, feel like he's spying on you. Feel as if he's watching over you. Feel secure. That he just wants what's best. Let me also give you one last thought. I mentioned earlier how Caroline just wants to be a part of my day. We learned that earlier on, on certain things, and so we talk quite a bit through the day. You know, that's how it is with God. You know, that's why the Bible says to pray without ceasing. He's constantly thinking about you, constantly. He, you cannot get out of God's mind. That's how much he thinks about you. And he just wants you to think about him. The Lord's Supper, hey, when you do it, you do it in remembrance of me. I just want you to take some time and focus on me. Hey, as you go through your day, I know what's going on with you. I know everything you do, but I want you to talk. I want some fellowship with you. That's God. He's omniscient. I'm so thankful to know that he knows everything about me, and yet he still loves me in spite of me being me. And he thinks about me, and he loves me. I need to let him tell me what I need to fix so that I can be better for him. The Lord allows next week, we'll look at verse 7 through verse number 12 and see how God is everywhere. Psalm 139 is a precious, precious, probably to me, it's the most special psalm of all 150. I know a lot of people quote Psalm 23, and that's a very good one, a very special one. But personally speaking, a personalized psalm from God to his people is Psalm 139. I would read it often. I know that he knows everything about you. He thinks about you. He loves you. You're fearfully, you're wonderfully made. 